looks like another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. It's the big show. Hey, man, we back in the saddle again. It's your man, Animal Brown, tapping in. I am Spike Lou, and your shirt threw me off. It's the On Deck TV show. Exactly. We got to get that updated. Absolutely, man. How you feeling out there? NFL kicked off this week. I don't want to talk about it. How did it. your Packers do? I don't want to talk about it. It was Packers it. Nation uh, last week. Let's get it going. I don't want to talk about That's it. That's what I figured. <laughs> Not them Cowboys, though. We showed up and showed out, got robbed by the greatest ever, but it's cool. It's, it's cool. cool. We'll bounce back next week, man. I'm happy the NFL's back. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I am, too, and I'm happy we are in the spaceship, like you said. We are in the studio, and you know what that means. Absolutely. A big show. Big guest. We got a special guest, man, coming up on today's show. We are rapping with the one, the only, Glasses Malone. Oh yeah, man. I've been praising his podcast whom I put on for the last month. So we reached out. They reached back, man. We're going to get him on live and direct. I'm excited about this. Absolutely. But before we get to rap with glasses, let's first talk. The BET Hip Hop Award nominations were announced. Now, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go through a couple of these. Okay. And we're going to guess the winner. We're only going to go through a few because we don't need to go through all this shit. Best Hip Hop Video. I don't believe, and we say this every year, but I'm going to double down on it. They still make, let's say it in unison, hip-hop videos? Yes, easy. I don't believe that. Uh, Cardi B up. Okay. Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, WAP. Chris that, that wins. All right, well, you don't have to read anymore. It's <laughs> WAP. Yeah, that, that is the best video of the year, yes. <laughs> Drake, Lil Dirk, Laugh Now, Cry Later. No, Lil Nas X, Montero. And Sweetie, Best Friend. Oh, yeah, and Chris Brown, Young Thug, Go Crazy. Yeah, all of that's cool. WAP. It's that's clearly, the video of the year easily. It's clearly laugh now, cry later. That's what. Going to the Nike store empty. That's what, bro. Oh my god. No, nothing beats what. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's nothing's ever gonna beat WAP. <laughs> Just, you can take it to the bank, dude. Uh, uh, what you got? What about song of the year? Back in Blood, produced by YC, my man Pooh Icy and Lil Dirk. You ain't gotta read who's produced by. I ain't gotta read about who's produced. Okay. No, Late at night, Roddy Rich. Okay. Laugh now, cry later, Lil Dirk and Drake. Let's go up, Drake. Cardi B, WAP, Stallion. <laughs> And a whole lot of money. The remix okay. with Nicki Minaj for Song of the Year. Barbia. I'm going with Back in Blood, Pooh Shiesty and Dirk. The fact that a song like that could make it to radio is impressive. And mm. it was on terrestrial radio and satellite radio. And Pooh Shiesty is a relatively new artist. Dirk has had a second wind since he moved to Atlanta and died as dreads. So I'm impressed on both accounts. I'm going Back in Blood. That's a big song, man. It came out a little too early because... It's a whole lot of money, and this motherfucker is everywhere. It was the song of the summer. She shook it. Uh, with London J is, I mean, Bia. Yeah, for sure. It's the song of the summer, easily song of the year. Love it. That's a banging song, though. I'm that not going to front. Banging. They talking big boy shit and on that. you went and like get it. Nicki on the remix? Let's yeah. go. Next up, man, Sweet 16. Um, That's a nice. This is a dope category. It is. Best verse. Best featured verse. Right. Which is even better. Okay. They've got Cardi B type shit off that Migos. They've got Drake having our way also off that Migos. Jay Z, what it feels like off Nipsey's record. Dirk back in blood verse. Megan Thee Stallion on me, uh, which is the little baby remix. Or Roddy Rich on the Lemonade uh, remix from Internet Money. Who you got is the best featured verse? I'm going with Cardi B type shit. 
I don't believe that. Yeah, she's going to be the fan favorite. She's going to win it. Jay-Z is not going to be there. I think they just put him in the categories just to say, hey, Jay-Z's nominated. Yeah, rest in peace, Nip. If you want to come, yeah, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. I don't think that'll win, though. I got to go Cardi B type shit. What would you say? I got to go Drake having our way. He ripped that. Remind me again how that goes. Don't do that. Let's not be disrespectful. <laughs> how does that go again? We're not going to be disrespectful. I can't remember. Load man. up the Drake. <laughs> what else are they going to play? Ooh, <laughs> he killed right, the hook yeah. and the verse. I got... Because he killed the hook and the verse, I got to give it to him. Mm. Easy. All right. Let's go best collaborations. Okay. Or do you want to? Yeah, let's best collaborations. 21 Savage and Metro Boomin featuring Drake, Mr. Right Now. I don't even really like that song. I'm going to keep it real. Nah, that's, that ain't really nothing. <laughs> uh, Nick, the previously mentioned Be a Nicki Minaj's Whole Lot of Money remix. Mm-hmm. Cardi and Megan the Stallion and WAP. Jesus. DJ Khaled, Lil Baby, Dirk, Every Chance I Get. Okay. Drake and Lil Dirk, Laugh, Cry Now. Excuse me, Laugh Now, Cry Later, it's and Pooh Size T and Lil Dirk Back in Blood. I'm going with Lil Baby and Lil Dirk. We heard that everywhere. Every chance we got, we heard every chance I get. Yeah, that's a fire okay. song. And we've already got other songs in here winning other categories because they're recycling the same four records yeah they already know who's gonna be there <laughs> per like, category they dude. know who's gonna be there and who's gonna be like coming up to get the awards they've already mapped all of this shit out so that's why it's the limited names in the categories yeah it's a layup because baby and dirt also have a project together they've got several records together but I, i'll go with the Khaled record every chance i get because that song was tough one of the best mm. songs on that Khaled album um last one man i want to go best let's go lyricist of the year uh, they got Benny the Butcher, Drake, J. Cole, Little Baby, Megan Thee Stallion, and Nas. Who you got for lyricists of the year? Mm. I gotta go with I gotta go with Benny. Because they have another one that says hip hop artist of the year. That's so, different. Yeah, that's different. So if I gotta go with bars right there, this past year it gotta be Griselda. Cause they made they built their brand on rapping. Agreed. Uh so yeah, I gotta That's go with my that. guy too. I'm going Benny. He has uh, established himself as the best out of Griselda, if you didn't already know. So yeah, I'm taking I'm, I'm taking Benny for lyricist of the year too. I feel some kind of way if I was Kanye and wasn't. On, I mean, excuse me, Conway and wasn't on his list though. He should. Y'all got me fucked up. He's a competitive guy. Y'all he got should. me fucked up. Y'all gonna put Nas on here before me? But not yeah, for, let's put on, some respect bro. on the goat's name though. Nigga, one hundred years old, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga on here before me. Let's do a uh, hip hop album of the year. Last one, please. Last one. Because we're not gonna watch this shit anyway. No, we're not watching this at all. It's back in Atlanta though, so shout out to him. Uh, hip hop album of the year: A Gangsta's Pain, Moneybag, Yo. <laughs> You ain't gonna laugh at Moneybag. Yo, it's the top selling album of the year before Kanye and Drake dropped. And that's my guy, but no. uh, Call Me If You Get Lost, Tyler the Creator. Okay. Culture 3, Migos. Let's go. Good News, Megan the Stallion. Bay. Khaled, Khaled. It just says Khaled four times. No. no. Khaled, 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 DJ Khaled. <laughs> that's what the name of the album was. Uh, Savage Mode 2, 21 Savage and Metro Boomin, and the Off Season J. Cole album of the year. Yes, it's, uh, for right now, for this list, yes, for the selection that they have given me to choose from, yes, it's the off season, J Cole. Mm, you I'm know going with Tyler. I'm trying to go against the grain. I'm no. going with Tyler the Creator. No. I'm going with Tyler the Creator <laughs> for this list, like you said. If if I'm doing my end of the year album list, it may change. It's Drake, but no, absolutely not. Uh, I'm going with this list, and they're robbing my guy Vince Staples. He should definitely be on this list. People are like got him fucked up. BT don't even know who he is. That's nuts. That's why BT is in the situation that they're in <laughs> right now. I do want one more. Oh my god! Best hip hop platform. 
Okay. On deck. Other than on deck. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I wanted to throw that one in there mainly, and you stole it from me. So now we'll just pluff her through this. <laughs> uh, Complex Genius Hip Hop DX, Hot New Hip Hop, The Breakfast Club, Shade Room, World Star, XXL. Can I say nobody? Can can we have a can we have a category nobody wins? We gotta win that one, right? With all due respect we walk, to we those involved, away with that one, yeah, that's us. Yeah. Write us in easily. <laughs> all right, now I got my joke back. All right, now we can get out of there, man. What we got next up, man? We got next, anniversary. It is the anniversary twenty five years. Yeah, man. Since Tupac passed, man, uh, he was shot. Of course, what seven six days later, uh, he died from. The gunshot wounds in Las Vegas. Allegedly, man, he may still be out here. Might still be in Cuba making yeah. albums, doing <laughs> his thing. Uh, but we're gonna go with uh, the mainstream news story for now. Twenty-five years later, Tupac being dead, you being fifty-two years old and consuming <laughs> hip hop as an adult. Is this the biggest story that hip hop has? Is, is this the, the the story for hip hop? In, in my generation, it is. It depends on what generation you in. Mm. Um, if you're me and you're an '80s baby, not a '60s baby, as you just tried to put on me, uh, then it is Pac dying. You graduated high school in the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> then it definitely is Pac dying. That's the biggest story that we've ever had. A lot of people like to say Nipsey, and maybe if you were late '90s baby, then that may hit differently. Um, or hit similarly, but now nah, for me, bro, it's, it, Pac is the biggest story, and it's not a close second. I don't even think it's just this generation. I think it still is. Period. The nah, if you're born story. in late nineties, it's not. It's not the biggest story. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter if you care about it or not. If you're talking about the overall genre of like hip hop, this is the, they still making movies about Tupac's murder today. <laughs> like just like the, I just seen a movie on Showtime that came out last year. It's 25 <laughs> years later. All respect to Nipsey Hussle, I loved him, and that impacted me more probably than Tupac because I was mm. of age. But I don't think that they're going to be making movies in 25 years about his past. That's fair. Like, but I was going to say. Tupac shit. And, and it was the first time that it happened in this genre. Like, you had Elvis and other people that died in rock uh, and uh, what's your, Kurt, Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Like, it happened in other genres. This was the first time it happened on a wide scale in hip hop, so it's going to be the most impactful for me. I don't think anything has surpassed that yet. It's like, damn, everybody knows that you don't have to even be a fan of hip hop in this prime too. In this prime, so that's that's really what did. It. I was going to say if you're if you're a two thousands baby, then somebody like XXX would yeah, Triple X probably. Yeah, I'm saying. I, I would. That that was the thing that I thought about. Uh, probably him or the other one is uh, what's your boy that was on the run for two years, that killed the people. Oh, the race. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, that, was, take that, was, that was pretty big. That shit, the, yeah. the race stuff was that's pretty That's true. Big. So, But, if, man, if that's your mind, <laughs> if, you, if, if your glory days and your biggest hip-hop story is Tay-K or whatever the fuck his name is, running from the police. Man, that's the new generation. It. You need an uncle dude. to put you on game, dude. That's Jesus the new generation. Man, let us know if you're younger than us what the biggest hip-hop story of your generation. Hopefully it wasn't the race in Tay-K. <laughs> Hopefully that was not it. Oh, um, shit. But, I mean, hey. Hey, but uh, uh, speaking of the anniversary of Tupac, man, uh, passing away, what better guest than to have a West Coast representer on the horn with us today, man? Don't go anywhere, guys. We got Glasses Malone coming up right after this. Hey, man, we are back. See on Deck TV show. It's your man, Animal Brown. I am Spike Lou. Man, I told you we had a special guest from the West Coast joining us today. Glasses Malone was popping, sir. And I'm cooling, man. I'm cooling, making the most out of the day. We got a couple of things we want to wrap with you about. Of course, we're going to get into the podcast. We're going to get into a couple of couple of current events. 
But um, just wanted to take it back just a little bit, bro. Growing up in Watts, man, to paint the picture for me. What's 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 it like growing up in Watts, bro? A lot of ultra masculinity. A lot of people um, making up for a lack of economics. Mm. You know, trauma, all the trauma people suffering, all that goes into masculinity. Um, it's really rich though. The culture is rich. Um, a lot of Southern influence still right there. Mm. It's a special place to be. Okay. It's even better to survive. <laughs> Some musical talent out of there too, right? Tyrese, a couple other cats. So you got the you got the whispers. Oh, whispers is from Watts. Uh, half of the group, Rolls Royce, is from Watts. Oh, word. One of the main singers from the Platters is from Watts. Um, Patrice Rush, to some degree, is from Watts. Mm. Now, going up uh, in Watts. Watts Prophets, mm. 103rd Street Band, Charles Mingus, <laughs> Tyrese. Do you get to take all of that in coming up and watch? Like, what influences your music, and when did it start getting the hip-hop? My music is all the soil. It really don't have nothing to do with other rappers or other musicians. Um, I'm just really starting to get into that part of it now, where musicians are influencing what I do. Paint the picture. I know when we, we're in Atlanta right now, grew up in Nashville. When I first came across your name, it was a joint that you had with Wayne. What, paint, what happened when you first started rapping and leading up to the moment where you linked up with Wayne and Cash Money? I think at that time, it was more about just being good. You had to be really good. There wasn't no um, practice to get to that level. So I just remember really honing my craft and being like as sharp of the MC as I could at that time. Putting together a CD. Beats wasn't on YouTube at that time. <laughs> YouTube that came out when I first put out my CD. Mm -hmm. And producers for sure wasn't uploading free beats on there. <laughs> So I remember spending almost $30,000 for my first mixtape. Damn. Damn. So you had to really commit to it. That's out your pocket? It was out my pocket. Uh, probably about $21,000. My big homie Boo gave me $5,000. And my big homie Plug gave me $3,000. And my so little brother K probably spent about Two or three thousand on the project. So you twenty thousand in on that project, that gets you to cash money records to be able for them to notice glasses Malone? Nah. So that just me. So I still was doing music being produced and engineered by a really talented guy that actually moved to Atlanta for a while. Guido. He produced the majority of beats outside of those beats I spent money on and recorded me and engineered all of the music and made sure it sounded right. Big Face, who was Game's older brother, he A&R'd the project. Um, then we had to come up with a marketing plan and a way to make an impact. And we met up with a new cognac company coming up out of LA. And they actually pressed up to 40,000 CDs that we needed to move 
through the marketplace to make sure it made a splash. I, I imagine you got a lot of game being around Birdman, Slim, and, and Wayne. Any valuable lessons they taught you about the music business or, or just business, period? Birdman is probably the smartest businessman I ever met in my life, period. Wow. And that's cool. And all of the Jewish men I've met that owns all of these labels, uh, some white men that I, I met that run distribution, couple billionaires. I think Birdman is probably the most intelligent. What makes you anything say I got from him was uh, never stop working. Like the work ethic is cash money records. With the work ethic, what else makes you say that, hey man, he he's head and shoulders above what they got going on? None of them started from negative. Hmm. And worked all the way up. We all start from negative. We probably got a phone bill in our name when we was two <laughs> or three years old. So to turn that into two or $3 billion empire is a different conversation. It's another thing meeting Jimmy Iovine, you know, his parents is, you know, starting off with something. Um, Birdman's just really intelligent and he's really wise beyond his years. How did, I know you said Big Face, A&R, that album that you said you spent the money on. What was the relationship like with Game? Were you guys close? Um, I wouldn't say we were close. But we was really, we, we fucked with each other. Y'all came up in the same class, kind of. Now, he was already about to blow by yeah. the time I was working on my CD. Uh -huh. Like, my, my, my first tape came out after documentary. Okay. So, but I learned a lot from him too, from Chuck. Chuck is, um, he's like an underrated student. I, I, I think we, we always rave about his MCing skills, but as a student, he's like, it's uncanny how, how fast he could pick things up and learn. Yeah, I mean, that, that even goes back to the story he told about being in the hospital and learning the albums and learning how to rap. And you know what I mean? That that, that lends right to that. That's it crazy. Kinda, it kind of come off in his rap style, too. Like, he kind of mimics other people in his rap style. You can tell he learned some of that from, like, albums. What's crazy is I've never said this publicly. His rap name is The Game. And if you think about wrestling... And Triple H, yeah, that was his original moniker, and he was like the perfect pedigree wrestler. I, I think that played into why the game calls himself the game as well. Nobody studies more styles than game. Mm. I like that. Pete, speaking of the playing in, and we talked about how much watch played into you as an artist, and, and, and you just being glasses. We're coming up on the anniversary of Pac. It's been 25 years. Now, your approach was different from what we usually see with Tupac. Would you contribute growing up in Watts, being like an original West Coast person, coming out with that perspective that you did with the single and the approach that you had about Pac? What would you attribute that to? Honestly, I just never felt the song was about Pac. I know that sounds crazy because of the title of the song. You got his name in the title. Pac is mentioned in the song. Well, I think the lesson is at his expense. I mean, I think the lesson is, it, it's, it's tough. Like, uh, it's like Romeo must die or John Tucker must die. John Tucker must die. It's not about John Tucker. It's about three girls who felt played by John Tucker. 
and now they want revenge and they're using another girl. So the film itself is about the four girls story and what they've been through. Very minimal about John Tucker. I just think the cultural, like the norm of it all, it's a cultural norm. I think it, it just, he was at the expense, but I've made that song so many different times about people you just don't care about. Mm -hmm. They lose their life. I got killed in the same story. I got a song called No Sympathy with J-Rock, produced by my boy Mitro. I get killed in the song, same story. I just think people don't care about, well, they don't care until the person dies that they love. I told that story probably 10 years, 11 years before I told Orlando Anderson's story. Mm. Did you, were you surprised at the response to it? Right now it's got over 10,000 dislikes, even though the song and video are fire. Did you, Were you surprised that people took it that way? I just think we're going more into an emotional phase of living. Um, people are so worried about their public image, so they don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, also, it's a confusion that when NWA came out with Fuck the Police, that the community embraced it. And it's not true. The churches was against it. A lot of the political powers that's black was against it. Their parents was against it. You know what I'm saying? So real hip hop is not necessarily favorable to the mainstream. I've heard you say, speaking of embracing, I've heard you say that you were a fan of Pac's music. Did the West Coast embrace Pac as a person coming from the East Coast, then coming to the West Coast, repping it, mob tattoo? Like, how, how did the West Coast feel about him as a person and changing the, the brand, so to speak? You mean changing the brand? I, I, don't think, I don't think people ever got a bar of Tupac repping the East. Do you think that he was a good representation of the West Coast overall? I think he's a, re a great representation of any black man, period. Nice. Okay. I mean, a long line of black men, you feel me? Whether the story of Jesus, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, same lineage. Tupac. I can see it. In, in, this, in this respective field, obviously. I was going to say, if something like that happened today, people are big on being who you say you are. And I, and I know friends that don't like Pac's music because they felt like he was kind of code switching depending on, you know, the, the album, so to speak, and that he switched and turned into another person, which kind of got him in the situation that he ultimately was his demise. Does that make, is that accurate? I think he really became the environment. I think he was a very young and impressionable person. He was a brother first, so he embraced all cultures. So when he went to that soil, he took in all the minerals Saying and he he lived it out for real. When he was when he was in the bay, you know he took it all in. Pause. You feel me? Yeah. All his experiences, he he lived them up and down completely, top to bottom. That makes sense. Did, did the movie do him justice? I never watched the movie. Wow. You know, why why you didn't check that out? No, everybody was talking about the uh, the reviews were bad. Uh, mm. It wasn't as bad as people were saying it was. A good friend of mine's made it. I mean. Benny Boom has always been A1 with me. And then um, 
the, one of the producers of the film, L.T. Hutton. Yep. So I didn't like the reviews enough, so I was like, let me not watch the film. <laughs> like, I'm really big on people's opinion of, of art. Opinion of what you just said, bring up a good point, Glasses. I've been listening to the podcast for a while. People that listen to our show know I've been recommending it for over the last month, but I've been listening for longer than that. Were you hesitant, being that you are an opinionated person, going into podcasting? And talk about the difference in laying a bar down and going in there and laying an episode down, the difference in the freedom of that. Part of the digest from a podcast place, you know, you put a beat and a melody behind any idea, it's so easier to digest, much easier. Um, podcasting is like raw. It ain't no music back there. You can't jam to it. You just getting an opinion. And thank you for recommending it, man. I really be working hard on it. Hey, man, you be doing your thing. Y'all get deep. And me and me and Adam Brown right here, that's my co-host, we were talking before the podcast wondering about, like, the backlash that you might receive. Because you, you kind of keep, you keep it thorough on there. Like, when you go back to the hood and you're talking to the homies, like, do you get backlash? They be, do they be like, bro, you shouldn't have said that. No, not from the homies, no. Mm. I get all my backlash from mainstream America. Yeah, somebody from my hood, this all as advertised. Mm. This is who I've been the whole time. Anybody who know me, this this the nigga I've been. It's just the mainstream. I think they more shocked that I'm honest and open with what, I, what I've processed. Here's what stuck out to me. I listened to the... Um... Uh, the snitching one, the conversation about snitching. And I, I love the format, too, how it's more conversational, less interviewy. Facts. I, I, I fuck with that heavy. It reminded me, because, and this is where I, I think it, and I want to get your opinion, does it get tricky when you're talking about real people and real things that have happened? Because it reminded me of 50 in the ghetto Quran back in the day when people weren't ready for 50 to be telling some of the, the stories that he was telling, which I seem is more prevalent and more... Uh, um, more open to now in podcasting? As long as I'm not incriminating somebody, I'm good. Past that, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, one thing I decided two years ago, I wasn't going to make friends no more. You either going to fuck with me or you don't. There's no more space for indifference. Yeah. I can't live, I can't allow people to exist in that realm that are like aware of my content. I'm, I'm not being honest. Like if, if if people can remain indifferent, I'm not being honest. So how does that how does that conversation go with Charlemagne then and, and the Black Podcast Effect Network? Cause of course there's sponsorship and there things that go into it. Do you have that conversation with him and say, look, bro, like, are you ready for this? Like, I'm I'm taking it to the wall. Or does he tell you, hey, man, you got to be, you got to relax, Glasses? No, he want me to be who I am. Okay. This is all normal conversations. If y'all talk to C, this is how we talk. I, I don't hold back none of my thoughts or opinion because I don't think they're, I'm never disrespectful in my mind. I'm not insulting anyone. But if I say something about a particular artist that's in truth or a human being in truth, we can deal with the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But that's real though. I think that's what makes your show good. That's why you stand out because it's not I'm gonna kiss this guy's ass or I'm not gonna overly shit on him. I'm just gonna tell you how I feel, bro. I ain't trying to protect the relationship. I ain't trying to protect any of that. And that's needed in the game. We definitely respect that. On that note, let's get into some hot events, though. Let's get into some people that you can shit on. I lost three sponsorships. <laughs> I remember the last episode you were talking about that. So far. <laughs> but I was like, homie, what's up, man? What, what, what do you think that is, though? You think it's a, what's a hot-button topic that you think causes such a emotion com- coming from people? One of my statements about being transphobic mm-hmm. and explaining it, People just don't want to, the truth is not an acceptable thing right now, especially when it's backed by intellect. Give me an example of what you mean. The fact that I'm transphobic. I have a genuine fear of trans people. People don't want you to admit that. Mm. They saying, well, people might mistake what you're saying as hate. And I'm like, I didn't say I hate trans people. So they want me to care about people's ignorance to terminologies. So I just don't care. Mm. <laughs> I know one of, the, one of the topics of discussion, man, that you, you have polarizing opinions on is Drake. And I, I'm a stand. I'm a Drake. I don't even know. What's, what's crazy is I don't know what's so polarizing about that. No, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what it is, bro. You're not us. You know, I'm just like you. I don't kiss his ass like everybody else. My co-host right here, they expect everybody to be in love with Drake, and everybody. I think Drake is fantastic. Thank you, <laughs> but you don't kiss his ass though. Listen, that's that's not the case. That is the case. Are you, I think you you mentioned something about him not having culture. So I, what I said was, he isn't hip hop. Mm. Hip hop is about culture from street urban. He's a mainstream rapper. So, can you give me an example of a rapper with culture? Chief Keef. Who? Chief Keef. Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So, I heard you saying that there's no Toronto in Drake's music. Is that's that's probably what the culture part you're talking it about? It definitely lacks a ton of Toronto. Well, it lacks urban Toronto street. Toronto is a multifaceted place like Los Angeles. You could be in Brentwood, but you're not going to get an L.A. experience from our perspectives if you in Brentwood. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say Brentwood has L.A. culture. There's a Brentwood in every motherfucking major city around America. There's only one Watts. There's only one Compton. So culture just meaning um flavor, you know what I mean? Like he don't have flavor. Oh my god. Preach, brother. Preach. Madonna don't have flavor. <laughs> the Drake Madonna comparison is nuts. <laughs> they're they're two uber successful American mainstream talents. With him being a Canadian, you know, that part of North America and her where she down from here. They both have a serious urban appeal and have pretty much been able to go around and to some degree colonize sounds. He could go to the 
Houston, it's South and make a trap record. He could come to the West and make a make a hyphy record. Yeah, he got boom bap, like started from the bottom. Yeah, now I'm with you. I'm with you. He 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 can be in his chameleon bag. I think that's what makes him. That's what makes him successful in turn and acceptable because he, he talks to a lot of different people. That now that's that's fair. Um That's but, a that's a, a polite way of saying what he just said. He don't have culture. Yeah, you were, like, but I, I don't I don't know if you necessarily have to have that to be like like I, I feel like pointing that out is pointing out his one weakness. That that's like me saying Jay Z cool, but he can't tell stories. It's not a it's not a weakness. Ah, okay. Okay, I'm with you. It's just an observation. Like why is it weak? Yeah. Okay. Now sometimes it comes off as it cause we cause when we say something has no culture, bro, if we say chicken has no seasoning, that shit is trash. Like I don't I'm not eating that. That's not necessarily true. Like all food don't have to have a ton of flavor to be enjoyable. It could just be nourishment. You know what I'm saying? Hey, do you think the the, the beef, I'm putting air quotes, with Drake and Kanye is good for hip hop? Um sure. Why not? We know it's not going to actually ever get serious. What if an A&R came to you and said, Glasses, man, I got this good idea, man. Y'all go beef with the dudes over there on the West. You from the East, man, and you'll sell a ton of records. Are you doing it? Nah. Is it how is it different for you? Shit, this is for real. For real. For real. <laughs> nah, man, shit. It's not nothing. None of that. Certain things I'm not doing. Like, I, um, I'm not going to brag about a bunch of money. I don't have it. You know what I'm saying I don't got. I I can lie and say I know how to fluff up the numbers to where I could be worth sixty million dollars. That's my net worth. But then niggas might actually think I got sixty million dollars, <laughs> and I don't want to gun nobody down because I don't have sixty million dollars. You can't call the Bank of America line and and have the sixty million going across the, the voicemail. The Rick Ross thing. <laughs> Your balance is sixty million five hundred thousand. It's so easy to create that fantasy world that they all talking about. I mean, Drake can rap about having this fantastic mansion in Toronto and these private jets, right? He has his own thing. Why the fuck do you want to come rap about you getting that niggas and you willing to die about your raps, bro? Let the real let the rare niggas have something. God damn, bro. You don't gotta just get everybody lame, cuz fuck. Now you killing niggas too? Fuck. I done actually shot niggas. And now this should get no credence because Drake is shooting niggas in every rap. I was listening to uh what's that song? No friends in industry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, bro, this nigga is, it's hard as fuck, right? But it's like, what are you talking about, cuz? Are you really serious? Chill out, bro. Puff choke you out. But, okay. but to be fair, though, to be fair, he's not the first A-list rapper to to give a bar to in that. Like, J. Cole just said, uh, uh, big ass chopper make God flinch. He only, he only said that because he was on the song with Nudie. So it fit the tone of the record. Don't do the fucking record <laughs> if you don't own a fucking chopper, bro. <laughs> so that was something that Norris, you sound like what Norris said. Norris said, I ain't even realizing niggas be lying and they rap until I started rapping. <laughs> I didn't know neither. 
But it's not the lying part. It's like you confusing the fans and then they start comparing you to the real thing. That's the issue. Like, and, and I don't necessarily have a personal issue. Nonstop is one of my favorite songs, as well as a drink song. But the fact that he's rapping nonstop shit or no friends in the industry and you won't say anything to offend anybody. We know you're trying to get to it, man. Before we let you out of here, Glasses, give us your top three. Give us your top three rappers from the West Coast and then your top three, period. Let me give you my top three favorite albums. Okay. Right? So you got The Shadiest One by Dub C. I wasn't expecting that. I ain't Street lie. Gospel by Sugar Free. Mm. In 2001 by Dr. Dre. Huh. Better than The Chronic? You said favorite. Gotcha. You're right. So You're I right. think it's better. For sure. The best three albums. It's going to be Doggy Style number one. It should be Death Certificate, but it's The Predator. Mm. Ice Cube. Um, you know what? <laughs> Cause I don't want to name a Tupac album because I want to come so easy. Let's say E40 in a major way. Whoa. Okay. Sprinkle me, man. Those are like really staples that don't get the true credence. Those three albums. I know the gets a lot, but it still don't get enough in my opinion. Mm. I think that E40 in a major way was the first. That was when he reached the South. That's when we heard it down here. That was the first time we heard about him. And I was really special. Facts. That's a fact. 100%, man. Hey, again, we appreciate you pulling up. No Ceilings is the podcast. I'm about to come down there, man. Y'all in the A, right? Yeah, yeah, we need you to come tap in with us, man. Come do an episode, sit in, we'll do the whole do show with us. So let's try to work on it for October, November. Let's do it. Hey, hey man, we appreciate you. Enjoy yourself, man. Man, we are back. See on Deck TV show. Great great interview with glasses malone bro absolutely man i was so glad that that happened uh you guys i'm glad you got to experience that glad we got to experience it man shout out to glasses man um make sure y'all check out the no ceilings podcast though don't sleep on that lou had gassed it up for several weeks but he was right it is fire <laughs> make sure y'all go peep that man i i give it to him i always pour the fuel on the fire stuff i don't think i've had a bad recommendation since this show started that was the like, biggest i don't cap think, I don't think that's ever happened like i'm I'm undefeated in TV. With that being said. Undefeated in TV recommendations. We're going to get to these wins and these losses. Um, we have a W first to Royce the 5'9", celebrating nine years of sobriety, man. Big shouts to Royce. That's dope, man. I, Royce uh, always openly talks about him stopping drinking, how he's a different person. man. I thought that was really cool for him celebrating nine years of that. He's also going to be featured on a podcast that talked about um, substance abuse in music. I can't think of the name of it next week. I'll have it for you guys. It's my put on, but mm. be on the lookout for that. So shout out to Royce, man. Absolutely, man. Another W out to the biggest boss, Rick Ross. He's got a new book, and he finally got his driver's license at 45 years young, man. Shout out to Rose. It's a big cap. 
don't you, believe you think he already had it? That's cap. That's cap. <laughs> he said he has, he's had uh, over 100 cars. And no license ever. That is big cap. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Rick Ross comes up with the wildest lies. It should be amazing. I ain't never had a license. I'm 50 years old. Let's keep I it got, real, like, though. every whip ever named a man. When have you ever seen Ross driving? He was driving in um, an Aston Martin music video. Was he? Absolutely. I don't believe that. It had to be. No. Look that uh, Aston Martin music video up. Um, an L, we're taking it to New York, guys. An L to the vandals who raided Pop Smoke's grave, tried to dig him up. Mm, that's disgusting. What man. in the fuck? Why? What are you doing? I don't know if they thought he had maybe jewelry on his person when they buried him. Motherfuckers do, man. They just go get a PPP people, loan people, or something. Like, go do something else, dude. People rob, people rob graves, man. That's uh, crazy. That's nuts. They left, they vandalized it, robbed it, tried to pull his body out of there. Uh, some people called security. That mm-hmm. was working at the graveyard. They were able to come, but the people were already gone. Once the uh, people, the witnesses, that saw it. So, man, a big L to them. Are we sure these weren't ghosts? Like I ain't working in no graveyard, bro. I don't believe I, you working in a graveyard. If the money is right, yes. And fuck. <laughs> what do you, I mean? What do you have to be scared of? Like, ghosts vandalizing. Look, even, ghosts that vandalize graves. Even again to my point of why I don't like scary movies. Even if it is a ghost, what is it gonna do? Nigga haunt you. I don't know who wants oh, to see a ghost. Oh my god, a ghost is gonna be here and scare yes. me and scare me. You think everybody's Casper? They're not all friendly. What are they gonna do? <laughs> it can't haunt do anything. Ass, Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> can't, a ghost can't do shit. <laughs> but be a ghost. That's it, dude. <laughs> What am I scared of? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to remember that, too. We're going to get you to apply to a damn... Uh... I definitely ain't doing no <laughs> six cents. What is it called? I'm definitely never doing any of that. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, on Decker of the Week, man, we're taking this to Patreon. Big shout out to our new patrons. First and foremost, Tracy, we see you. Um, got the Realville, um, Realville watch plan. That's access to everything. You can't beat that. And shout out to uh, Sharice, uh, just uh, also subscribe. So big shout out to y'all patrons, patreon.com slash realville, man. Y'all get on that Patreon train, man. It's about to be really, really fun for the fourth quarter, man. We come up with some great ideas from the Realville team. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you go subscribe to the Patreon. It's about to get live. 100%, man. Stay tuned for more info on that. What do you have to put me on this week? Man, my put on this week, again, I'm undefeated in TV shows. My barber has tried to get me to watch C for the last two years on Apple Plus. Okay. And I finally started watching it, and it is... Mildly above average. I like it. <laughs> it is worth. It is definitely worth streaming. Uh, I really. I, I was like, everybody's blind. Why would I watch this? Yeah. It took about forty-five minutes into the first episode. Like, okay, this is kind of cool. The way they communicate with each other. The, I, I'm a big fan of world building. If it's got a mm-hmm. cold little world around what's going on, then I'm cool with that. So, like Game of Thrones, Thrones, Westworld, Westworld, even with something like Breaking Bad or The Wire. Like okay. Baltimore played a role in The Wire. New Mexico was a role in Breaking Bad. Like anywhere where you can like give me, like you feel like you immersed in what's going on. I'm fucking with that. That's fair. Uh, big skip for me not watching C. Uh, but I will tell you to check out, go to Netflix. I know it's the anniversary of 9-11 just passed. People may be 9-11 out, but I'm telling you that Turning Point series on Netflix is complete flames. They breaking down what led up to 9-11, which was the first time that I had seen this. 
it dated back to the Cold War and the stuff that led up to it. That shit was crazy. They got footage I never seen. Y'all check that out. It's wild. My jaw was dropped damn near the whole episode. Yep, man. Make sure y'all check out that documentary. It is Complete Flames. We appreciate you guys for checking in. Another episode is in the books. Anything else before we get ghosts? No, man. We appreciate you guys supporting and rocking with us. It's the On Deck TV show. Follow.